All right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Our toll-free number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. What a wild night we had last night. Great, great people that we met down at the Versailles restaurant in Little Havana in Miami. Uh, First of all, cool restaurant. The people were unbelievable. Uh, The crowds were massive, and and. I have some great news for the people of Miami. You know, and I'm and the only reason this happened is because the the people in the Cuban American community have taken it upon themselves to highlight the issue of the liberty and freedom movement that is currently going on in Cuba. They are hoping that their family, that their friends, their neighbors, their relatives can once again live in a free Cuba. And if and if ever they're able to pull this off and topple this murdering, uh, you know, communist regime, then it is you you want to see economic growth. You've never seen economic growth, you know, the likes of which. They will see down in Cuba. They're gonna the the ocean the oceanfront property alone. This is a beautiful island. I mean, this this is God's majesty, and and the number of resorts that will instantaneously, if there's freedom in in Cuba, that will be built, and the new homes that will be built, and the hotels that will be built, and I mean, it'll be amazing. The restaurants that'll go up, the jobs that'll be created. Cuba, the way it looks today, will look nothing like it does five years from now if it became free today. And I think we, we've, we've made some strides because Biden first tried to lie to everybody and say, oh, no, they're only protesting because they want more access to, to the vaccine. Mike, he's lying through his teeth. You know, it, it took enormous pressure to get Joe Biden to admit what the truth was. Uh, yeah, this is a communist dictatorship, yeah, a murdering communist dictatorship. You know, we've been highlighting how the the cat starting in 1959, and this has gone on now in, in its sixth decade. You know, this this murdering communist dictatorship, the Castro regime that they, they first outlawed owning private property in 1959. They they started confiscating people's homes, people's farms, people's businesses they they nationalized every major corporation and media outlet they outlawed any and all dissent they restricted all travel uh people would disappear never to be seen again they murdered people imprisoned anybody that that they thought what would speak out against what was happening in terms of freedoms being taken over uh you know Cuba, the Cuban people, you know, there's a reason why. And the same thing would be for Latin America. And I've shown great sympathy. It's a perilous journey for people to make the trek, you know, all the way to the to the Mexican border and the hopes that they'll come in. Now, Joe's letting processing people and he's not enforcing the laws. But he says, if you come by sea, well, then we're not going to let you in. Why is he does he think that people from Cuba might be more inclined to vote Republican? Because if you're going to let people in from Latin America, why wouldn't you let people in from Cuba? Um, But anyway, people in in these broken down, totally dilapidated, rickety boats, shark infested waters, risking their lives and makeshift rafts and inner tubes and anything that will float, frankly, 
you know, but this this is what I said in in Liberty, you know, um, live free or die. I said in chapter four, whatever name, whatever manifestation, you know, I don't care if it's Marxism, communism, socialism, whatever name, it always ends the same way in failure. The promises are never fulfilled. Poverty increases, not decreases. And then it's a matter of how much freedom you gave up in the name of false security. I say this all the time. But, you know, in Cuba today, you know, do you know that most people live on less than a dollar a day? Food is so scarce, you have to wait in line for hours. This is like the former Soviet Union. You know, you only get five eggs a week and a few pounds of rice uh, per month. Oh, I'm sorry, five eggs a month, not a week. A few pounds of rice a month. Two kilograms of meat every 10 days. If you want milk, uh, yeah, only for pregnant women and children under seven. Soap, toothpaste, basic medicine, aspirin. You can't find it. You know, building materials, they're even more scarce. Roads are nearly impassable. The poverty is real, and it's, it's all throughout the island, except for... Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, those in power, they, they live like, like kings. It's unbelievable. Now they're close ties to Russia and China and Venezuela. Everything basically they have, they have to import from around the world. You know, from Vietnam, from South America, and yeah, even from the U.S. Um, so, but anyway, the reason I bring this up is, so we did this show, Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, joined us. Congresswoman Salazar, the mayor of Miami, joined us. Um, Senator Marco Rubio literally raced to an airplane after his last vote. I mean, barely made it because he wanted to be a part of it. He came down and, and it was a powerful moment. Um, now, is it a coincidence that Joe Biden uh, now is saying that he plans to target individual sanctions on on Cuba and the Cuban regime officials and increase internet access? No, I don't think it's an accident. I don't think it is at all. If he's imposing sanctions, that's the very things we were talking about. Now, this isn't because we went down there. Let me be very clear. I went down there because the rest of the mob, you know, the blue checkmark media mob cult on Twitter, um, they're not, they're barely talking about the story. They've ignored the daily and the nightly protests that have been going on in Miami with the Cuban-American community. I'm not ignoring this freedom effort. And neither was Governor Ron DeSantis. Lieutenant Governor Florida was there. Uh, the mayor of Miami was there. Senator Marco Rubio was there. You know, local congressmen and women like Congresswoman Salazar was there. They were all there. And the only reason this really happened is because of the people that are are diligently out there every day and night that have been protesting and trying to get the attention of the country to understand this is a window of opportunity to bring freedom to the people of Cuba in our hemisphere. I can tell you right now, it would be tr same with Venezuela with all their natural resources. You know, if you can topple these, these murdering communist regimes, the people will prosper. Freedom works. The great irony, and I've talked to a number of people yesterday and last night, is that they see what's going on in this country, and it and it's it reminds them of the lies and the phony promises that they were being told 
from 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 their early days in in Cuba during the quote revolution. Anyway, um, we're going to stay on the topic, I promise. And and but I I do this happened because of the people down in Miami protesting. Your your voices are slowly being heard, and I just wanted to go down and and you know bring some light. I always say we're spokes in a wheel. And and that's why it was important to me to bring the TV show down there and the radio show down there to, to let people see it um, for themselves so that they they understand. Uh, all right. We got a lot of news to get to, not the least of which is Joe Biden's mumbling and fumbling and bumbling like usual. Apparently does this town hall. Uh, it was like jokes running all over Twitter. Sweet baby James printed it all out for me, you know. Uh, President Biden says, uh, not a joke. It's not a joke. Seven times over the past 30 minutes. Not a joke, literally. You know, not a joke at least seven times in the last 30 minutes. Not a joke. Um, and then, you know, then people on Twitter can be wickedly funny. Even people that attack me, it can be funny. Uh, possible drinking game for those who, unlike me, aren't working Uh, Every time Biden says, all kidding aside, I'm not joking. I'm being serious. I'm not being facetious. (laughs) You have to take a drink. Um, And then, of course, you get the mumbling and the bumbling and the fumbling and the the utter incoherence of some of Joe's answers. Here's some of it. I want to say I'm in his territory. You know, there's a Portman is a good man. Portman is a is a congressman from this area. No, a I senator. talked to him before I got, and I really mean it. Not he's a, a decent, honorable man. A senator, and he he and I are working on trying to get this mm-hmm. this infrastructure bill mm-hmm. passed. So you seem pretty confident that that inflation is temporary. But if you're pumping all of this money into the economy, couldn't that add to? No, the, look, here's the deal. Moody's today, when our Wall Street firm, not some liberal think tank said, if we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will, in fact, reduce inflation, reduce inflation, reduce inflation. If it's a relic of Jim Crow, it's been used to fight against civil rights legislation historically. Why protect it? There's no reason to protect it other than you're going to throw the entire Congress into chaos and nothing will get done. All right. Nothing at all will get done. Mm. And there's a lot at stake. The most important one is the right to vote. That's the single most important one. And your vote counted and counted by someone who honestly counts it. That's underway, just like the other question that's illogical. Mm. And I've heard mm. you speak about it because mm-hmm. you always, I'm not being solicitous, but you, mm. listen, you're always listen. straight up about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And the question is whether or mm-hmm. not we should yeah. be in a position where you yeah. uh, um, mm-hmm. are. Why can't the oh, the the uh-huh. experts say we uh-huh. know that this virus is mm-hmm. in fact uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, is, yeah. is, is, it's going to be uh, or mm-hmm. excuse me we, we, we know why all the drugs oh. approved are not temporarily approved mm-hmm. but permanently approved yeah. that's underway too I expect that to occur quickly well that means you mean for the FDA for the FDA yeah. can you comprehend that because I can't then Biden lies outright lies when he says You know, Republicans who say Democrats want to defund the police are lying. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, This guy now actually came out and said he wants to eliminate a nine millimeter pistol. Okay, that's not an assault weapon, Joe. Uh, 
which, by the way, most times they say it's an assault weapon. It usually isn't an assault weapon. Uh, okay, that would be the end of the Second Amendment as we know it. That that, that is like the the mo- the simplest home defense that most people have. And he went into so suggesting a ban of nine millimeter pistols. Oh, there goes my Glock forty. But anyway, Biden, you know, lies about defunding the police. Blames Republicans, says it's a lie. You know, if you fact check, Joe's spreading misinformation about the COVID vaccines during the the town hall at fake news CNN. Um, you know, he suggests mass shooters get their guns illegally. OK, Biden tells uh, other lies at the town hall. We're going to go through all of this and get to it. But it was a mess. All right, this big lie. We're going to go through all of Joe's lies and we'll fact check uh, the ever. You you can't even really understand this guy half the time. Biden from this ridiculous town hall last night. You know, probably one of the biggest lies is, you know, Biden is out there saying, no, it's Republicans. Any Republican that says Democrats want to defund the police are lying. Okay, we'll prove that is false. Uh, at the bottom of the hour because it is completely false. There was one interesting Rasmussen survey on the issue of crime and and January 6th and what they call the insurrection and the rioting last summer, but uh, Rasmussen survey shows 66% of voters said they want last summer's Black Lives Matter protests, Antifa some some Antifa members as well investigated. Now, in most of these jurisdictions where there are people, we have all the evidence you would want. We have videotape evidence. We got people on tape pelting rocks, bricks, bottles, Molotov cocktails at cops. They're not being prosecuted. We know who they are. We have the evidence that would convict them in a court of law. And then not lifting a finger. And the people that were involved in arson of police precincts, for example, the people responsible for taking over city streets supported by these idiot politicians that called it summer of love and and chop Chaz autonomous zones where people died, like in the case of Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr., his poor father the night I, I wanted to cry myself the night that his dad was on my show. And I actually stayed in touch with him. He's a great guy. The majority of people, including 64 percent of African-American voters, said that last summer's riots should be the top priority. Now, there's one guy that was that went into the Capitol, illegally entered. He didn't steal anything. He didn't vandalize anything. He didn't hurt anybody. He just had a flag. Eight months in jail. How do we say that we have equal justice and application of our laws? Because I don't care what form of riot it is. got to prosecute everybody equally. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. You know, nobody really showed this in the media, this town hall of uh, the cognitive mess Joe Biden I mean, the room was like empty. I, I honestly don't think this guy's capable of getting a crowd. I'd like, I'd like, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, we never saw him really get a crowd at, at during the campaign at all. 
It's there certainly doesn't seem to be much passion for him, but he got 80. He got what? 15 million more votes than Barack Obama, 15 million more votes than Hillary. That's what they tell us. Um, now, Biden lied a lot last night. He's now he struggled mightily cognitively, but he also lied when he said that, you know, Republicans who say Democrats want to defund the police, they're lying, he said. Well, that's when that's not a lie because it's true. He, in an interview, said he would reallocate funds. We have his own vice president praising the LAPD for for cutting back funding for police. In New York City, they cut a billion dollars from the police budget. We saw what happened in Minneapolis and other places as well. So he's just, he's the one that's lying. And we've got the tape to prove it. Listen. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. The folks in law enforcement that share the goals of reimagining policing. We have confused the the idea that to achieve safety, you put more cops on the street. Reimagining policing in the 21st century. My push is that we defund our police departments. And I know people don't want to hear, oh, we don't want to talk about defunding. Rethinking and reimagining policing. I don't believe that officers need to necessarily uh, have weapons uh, you know, uh, every time they, they're, they're making a, a traffic stop. Community efforts to reimagine policing. To reimagine policing. We have to reimagine what policing looks like. Reimagining policing, reimagining our public safety. Reimagine a citizen-led approach. You can begin to reimagine law enforcement. Reimagine public safety in this country. Police power showing up in a kind of gangster and thug mentality. You know, you don't have, you, you can wear all kinds of colors and be a thug. You can sometimes wear the colors of the state and behave like a thug. We shouldn't be surprised when we see police officers act like bullies on the street. What can we do to reimagine public safety? Reimagining public safety. To reimagine public safety. We must reimagine what public safety looks like. So th- th- this is a lot like, for example, their new definition of infrastructure or, you know, they used to say, well, we're going to do we're, we're going to be investing in this. It was another way of saying socialism uh, when they when they talk about human infrastructure, meaning child care, free college, loan forgiveness, um, uh, early child education, uh, all of these things, you know, government healthy food, guaranteed wage, job, government guaranteed health care, guaranteed retirement, guaranteed everything. All right. It's it, these they're playing word games because they have poll tested and focus grouped. And nobody likes the idea of defunding the police and dismantling the police, which has been their stated policy. So they just say now reimagining the the police. Okay, Kamala Harris praised the LAPD for cutting back the funding of police as they did out there. Uh, the, the one billion dollar cut to the NYPD. We know how that ended. Didn't end well. It's not working out well. Uh, then, of course, you've got Minneapolis and you've got a lot of other cities and you see the disaster that is Chicago each and every week. And he's out there saying they're lying. No, Joe, you lied. Joe Biden lied. Last night, 
right there on fake news, CNN, and of course, they're not going to call them out on it. Um, and then this whole issue of, I'm going to continue to eliminate the sale of things like, and what he's saying is, uh, I'm not going to be a wise guy. No reason. Uh, uh, have you seen the gun violence? I introduced legislation. As you know, because you're, you're, you're so involved, crime is down. No, it's not, you idiot. Read the statistics. Murder rates are skyrocketing all over the country, Joe. It happened all during your eight years as vice president. I think I was the only one scrolling the names of victims shot every weekend and shot and killed every weekend in, in Chicago, Obama's hometown. Nobody paid attention because you couldn't put Democrats couldn't politicize it. And it's now at a record high, even on top of last year's record high. What the hell are you talking about? No, crime's not down. And then he gets into the whole gun issue. You know, as you know, murder rates are up. OK, well, that's kind of contradicting Biden's, you know, views on the Second Am- Amendment during the election cycle when he said uh, crime is down and et cetera, et cetera. So now he's saying just the opposite. How will okay. you address gun violence from a federal point of view to actually bring about change and make our local cities safer? Now, I'm not being a wise guy. There's no reason you should. Have you seen my gun violence legislation I've introduced? As you know, because you're so involved, actually crime is down. Gun violence and murder rates are up. Guns. I'm the only guy that ever got passed legislation when I was a senator to make sure we eliminated assault weapons. The idea you need a weapon that can have the ability to fire 20, 30, 40, 50, 120 shots from that weapon, whether it's a whether it's a nine millimeter pistol or whether it's a rifle is ridiculous. I'm continuing to push okay. to eliminate I, the sale I of those things. A nine, I own nine millimeter pistols. I own them. I have a license to carry that pistol. And I can tell you right now that that pistol that I carry uh, is not capable of, of carrying a clip with 50, 120 shots, Joe. You it's don't know simple. what the hell you're no talking about. No one hunts with an assault rifle. No one needs 10 bullets to kill a deer. Yeah, I had to follow the laws in New York. I literally, I have a, 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 a capacity, 10, 10 uh, bullet capacity for my gun. Yeah, I had to take out three bullets to confer, com, for a while to comply with the law. I can't break the law. I mean, I get, you know, when I've gotten pulled over, but this is more in the past than any recent years, I really drive much slower than I ever did. I'm just being smart and I don't, never want to hurt anybody. So I drive slow. I don't care. I'm never in a rush. But when I care, the first thing I would tell an officer is, officer, I have a firearm in the car. That'd be the first thing that I would say. I have a license to carry I have a weapon in the car. That would be the first thing I'd say to the officer. And I'd show my hands and I'd have have them out there. If I was carrying it, I won't tell you where I carry it, but if I was carrying it, um, I would tell him exactly where it is and then follow his specific instructions, whatever they happen to be. But he's just wrong. You know, this just lying through his teeth. You know, Kamala Harris supporting these idiotic no bail laws and a bail fund for people that are pelting, you know, rocks, bricks and and 
frozen water bottles and Molotov cocktails at cops. And while he's saying all of this crap yesterday, House Democrats are now literally moving to gut immigration uh, and customs enforcement. In other words, ICE, that's the federal agency that's responsible for arresting and deporting illegal immigrants. Well, he's not enforcing the law anyway, because they, all these agents now do is they process people rather than enforce the laws of the land. And I don't suggest any of you break the law or pick and choose the laws that you you want to obey because it's not going to work out well for you. You know, his his answer and about covid vaccines were beyond ridiculous as well. You're not. He said you're not going to get covid if you have these vaccinations. Now, in most cases, that's true. That's true. In most cases. But there is a percentage of people. It's small that fully vaccinated against COVID-19 that still contract COVID-19. Now, not Sean Hannity saying it. It is the science saying it. But, you know, why let why let fact checking get in the way? You know, but another lie that he told Biden suggested mass uh, Breitbart did a good job of fact checking. They they suggest mass shooters get their guns illegally. Well, they went through a list of high profile mass shootings in our country, the Atlanta shooting, Boulder, Colorado shooting of Indianapolis FedEx shooting, San Jose shooting. In each of those instances, the attacker acquired the gun or guns legally. Nearly every mass shooting incident in recent memory has acquired the guns legally. Parkland, Texas Church, Vegas attacker, um, Alexandria attacker, Orlando attacker, UCLA, San Bernardino, Colorado Springs. And I can go down the list. It'll take me, you know, the rest of the segment to get there. And they fed him softball after softball after softball. And then I, I want to highlight again this one answer. He's, he's asked a simple question about younger people getting a COVID vaccine. Now, Pay close attention. I won't talk over it because I'm like waiting for the answer. Tell me if this makes sense to you, because I've listened to it multiple times and I still don't know what the hell he's talking about. That's underway, just like the other question is illogical. And I've heard you speak about it because you always, I'm not being solicitous, but you, you're always straight up about what you're doing. Yeah. And the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are. Why can't. The 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 experts mm. say we know that this virus is in fact uh, um, uh, is, is, is going to be. Uh, or excuse me, we, we we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. Yeah. That's underway too. I expect that to occur quickly. Well, that means you mean for the FDA? For the FDA. Yeah. Makes no sense. That's not the English that I comprehend or understand. Also, you know, Joe, Joe, you know, Joe claiming the economy is booming. No, it's not. Has he not seen the price of gasoline soaring, the inflation soaring? Even jobless claims went up again, despite his claim that the economy is booming. Uh, you know, initial filings, weekly new jobless claims went up 419,000 last week, the highest level since mid-May. It's not it's not recovering Unbelievable. It's just it, these are unbelievable times that we live in here. And then, of course, the mob, they are just so corrupt. 
Look at all the studies, for example. Hannity, you need to tell people, I'm going to deal with this question later. The media has lied about what I've said about COVID. And, and I have been saying take it seriously forever. And we have the tapes to prove it. And I'm going to deal with this. What, and by the way, what happened to our friend Wayne Dupree? Why is he attacking me with, with something that is factually false, which we'll debunk later in the program? You know, oh, are they going to do a headline hydroxychloroquine that Hannity had doctors saying on mitigates some of the symptoms does, that it works? No, then no, they're never going to give me credit for that or that we were right because we knew the, the virology lab in, in China studied coronaviruses and were involved in gain of function and it was and the origins are likely that Chinese lab. Yeah, we won't get credit there or Hunter ba- Biden's laptop is real. Or the Lafayette Square was not cleared for a photo op, the media lied. Or the Russian bounty story was more fake news. You know, or that, you know, we did produce uh, vaccines before the end of 2020 in record time. And blue state lockdowns didn't work. And Ron DeSantis proved schools that were opened a year ago in August uh, that they could be open, you know. Are they going to take credit for what the buck twenty five more per gallon we're paying for gas, and the more the high amounts of money we're paying for everything we buy and every service we get? Are they going to take credit for the the absolute Adam Schiff show down at the border? I don't think so. You know how's critical race theory working out? How's Joe Biden's new Green Deal policies working out? None of this is good. By the way, Gavin Newsom, as if California didn't have enough problems, he's encouraging more homeless people come from other states to pursue the uh, California dream. By the way, a poll showed a big jump for Larry Elder leading the pack. If you get to question two on the recall out there in, in California, I mean, it's 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 actually amazing. By a long shot, he, he went ahead. The great story about Curtis Lee was running for mayor who literally stopped a guy from that had set his sights on a woman. I think she had a, ch- a child with her, and Curtis stepped right in the middle of it. The woman pulled out a knife to protect herself. Sliwa very, very calmly said, please put the knife away. And she's screaming, please get this man away from me, because he was threatening violence. And that shows Curtis Sliwa uh, putting his arm out to block the madman who continued to yell, racial slurs at the woman and he's right he said to the new york post i was the only one standing between him and a crowd ready to pounce i mean he's done this his whole career i mean and and if you want law enforcement policies that'll work they're out there they're available if you want to follow it we have the model rudy giuliani showed the way at hour two sean hannity show 800-941-SEAN you want to be a part of the program by the way i i mentioned this earlier i want to mention it again and that is now, oh, let's see, we have a big town hall, Little Havana. What an incredible night we had at, at this amazing restaurant, Versailles, and this massive crowd outside, and and Governor Ron DeSantis, and Congresswoman Salazar is there, and, and Senator Marco Rubio is there. Oh, all of a sudden today, Biden announces plans to slap targeted individual sanctions on Cuban regime officials uh, and to increase Internet access. Um, oh, what were we all talking about last night? So Biden is doing this uh, CNN fake news town hall, 
any, it says we've been telling you, an unmitigated disaster. I want to go back to this. I want to play the whole thing. Telling a restaurant owner, hurt by COVID, oh, you're going to be in a bind for a little while. And you need to pay people more. I, I, I nearly... I nearly lost it when I heard this answer. How do you and the Biden administration plan to incentivize those that haven't returned to work yet? Hiring is our top priority right now. Well, two things. One, if you notice, we kept you open. We spent billions of dollars to make sure restaurants could stay open. And uh, and uh, a lot of people who now who work as waiters and waitresses, uh, decided that they don't want to do that anymore because there's other opportunities at higher wages because there's a lot of openings now in jobs and people are beginning to move beginning to move i would i god love you doing what you do but all kidding aside i think it really is a matter of people deciding now that they have opportunities to do other things and there is a shortage of employees people are looking to make more money and to, and to bargain. John, my guess is that um, people being seven, eight dollars an hour plus tips, that uh, that's, I think, John, you're gonna be finding 15 bucks an hour or more now. And you, but you may pay that already. You may pay that already. Excuse me. Then why did all these restaurants, iconic and otherwise, end up closing? That statement is just false because that's not what happened on top of the cognitive mess that this guy is which you know we've been talking at length about anyway 800-941-SEAN is our number you want to be a part of the program joe concha with us fox news contributor frankly the only honest media columnist in the country today uh at the hill and and who deserves his own tv show on fox i hope happens one day uh carol roth is with us uh she has her own podcast the roth effect she wrote the book the war on small businesses uh and how the government used the pandemic to crush the backbone of america uh carol i'll start with you um and and you know from your perspective is there anything in that statement of joe that's true uh, absolutely nothing and i am so angry the things i'd like to say sean about that uh little clip that you played i'm not allowed to say on your show or we would be hit with many censorship fines but know that i am thanking all those the goal to say when these restaurants and other small businesses were shut down by government mandate that we kept you open and everybody's clapping like a little lemming with that. I mean, to, to first of all, to say that, then to not acknowledge the fact that the government is competing on the long tail end of this with these small businesses for employees. He says, we gave you money, you all helped. Well, we spent as a country more than six trillion dollars on quote-unquote COVID relief. Very little of that went to small businesses. And these billions that he's talking about is his restaurant relief fund. Well, of that, uh, almost 3,000 grants that were made to women and minority-owned businesses were pulled by the SBA because it was found that they were handed out on a discriminatory basis. And more than 177,000 applicants, which is about two-thirds of the applicants, got absolutely nothing. So how is it 
that he has the nerve to go on and say that we are helping. But you heard at the end, you heard the, the, the one honest piece is, is him admitting that they're interfering in the market and trying to push through this minimum wage in a, in a de facto way. That's, that's the only truth that came out of that statement. I, I, and that's the perfect analysis. Joe Concha, let's get your reaction to that. And I'm sure you have a little bit to say about the mumbles and the bumbles and the fumbles and the, huh, what did he just say? I can't understand a word of that, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, I actually have a story up, a column up on the Hill right now, Sean, uh, that talks about, and the headline I, I think will be pretty self-explanatory, the absolute farce that was the Biden-Lemon town hall, because here you had a moderator, right, for example, that openly advocated for the president to blow up the filibuster so voting rights bills can be passed. And it wasn't like it was formed in the form of a question in terms of Lemon's argument. It was actually all about how his grandmother growing up told him that you have to count jelly beans in a jar, and if we're not counting all the jelly beans, then how is that fair? And, you know, why won't you basically, the exact question was, uh, so why is protecting the filibuster, is that more important than protecting voting rights, especially for people who fought and died for that? So, you know, this isn't Tim Russert that we should get this confused with. This is somebody who's taking a stand, saying, this is what you should do, Mr. President, and this is why, and that's not what a moderator is supposed to do in these situations. And, and as for Carol's point around small businesses, what an insult. I got more friends in Jersey who either work at restaurants, I know two that own restaurants, and two of those owners are bussing their own tables. They have to wait their own tables because they can't hire anybody because they're getting paid more to stay at home and watch Captain Kangaroo than go to work and actually earn a paycheck. Because remember, those government checks going out to people, those aren't taxed, so then even these restaurants are even more behind the eight ball in terms of incentivizing people to come in and work for them. And then the President of the United States has the audacity to say, well, you know, we gave you money. We're the reason why you're even open in the first place. Give me a break. And of course, if you had a real moderator there to, to follow up and press the President on these issues or why inflation is going up and the President has, again, the audacity to say that, well, my spending plans will bring down inflation. What economist believes that? <laughs> uh, and then obviously the border was barely mentioned and then you have violent crime. The President only can speak about how guns are the problem, not the reason, I don't know, that everybody... No, he's going to ban 9 millimeters now. Go ahead. The, the, I don't even think he knows what a 9 millimeter <laughs> pistol is, a Joe Concha. Well, um, it, that, that, that would be the minimal defense of, of any citizen in their home. I mean, okay, if, if that's the case, this country's not going to stay uh, the United States. I'm telling you... States will say enough. They, they'll have had it with this because they're not going to put up with losing uh, with him shredding the Constitution, which is what he'd be doing. I would hope so. But the problem is that all these Democratic mayors are the ones that are pulling funding from police. It's not a federal thing, police funding. It's mostly done at the local level. So even if, you know, you stop Biden, you still have uh, de Blasio uh, type of person or you have all these other governors like Lightfoot around the country or Bowser in D.C. Uh, that are making the jobs for police officers that much harder. And then you see resignations and retirements at record levels. And there's no real backfill because who would want to become a police officer right now in this environment when they are targets, not just by the bad guys, but by the media who paints them as racist and those the type of people that are not serving the community, of course they are. So now being a police officer used to be something you kind of strive to be as a little kid. Now it's like, no thanks, I don't want any part of that because I'm portrayed as the bad guy now.
You know, it was, it was such a difference last night, and, and you're up in the New York area, so you know this. Carol, I'm not sure. Where, I, I hope you're not in New York for your own benefit. I, in in Wor- Worth, I'm in Chicago. Okay, well, you're in a you're in a shift hole also, so no offense. <laughs> you're, you're probably more violent than anybody in the country. You know, but the cops, so we're doing this town hall last night with uh, Governor Ron DeSantis and Senator Rubio and, and Congresswoman Salazar and and I mean, we have massive crowds in the restaurant, outside the restaurant. And we went out and I, I, I stopped with every officer. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because of what they now have had to go through. There's one difference, though. Governor DeSantis gave every law enforcement official in Florida a bonus, unlike what they have been doing to cops in, in New York or putting handcuffs in cops in San Francisco. I mean, a part of me almost wants to laugh because it's so stupid, but it's also so destructive and dangerous. You know, watching these thieves, you know, with with green, you know, plastic garbage bags full of crap they're stealing and they just throw it over their shoulder and they walk out and nothing can happen as long as they don't steal what over nine hundred and fifty or a thousand dollars, so they go in and they take nine hundred bucks worth of stuff, and they know nothing is going to happen. All the people involved in rioting, looting, pelting bricks and rocks and bottles and Molotov cocktails at cops, no, then nothing is going to happen to them, even though we have video evidence of them committing these crimes, burning down police precincts, taking over cities. Nothing is going to happen. But but the one guy that walked in that never was violent, that never was uh, in any way destructive of any property, that just carried a flag, which can happen. I've been very critical of January 6th. It can never happen. We've got to protect our institutions. But he gets eight months in jail. That's not equal justice under the law, Carol. No, it isn't. And we're not saying equal justice anywhere here in Chicago. This started with the Jesse Smollett situation, if you recall that, a little relic back in the day. And it's gotten worse and worse. And the refusal, um, sometimes by law, as you've noted, that they're not prosecuting with what are considered misdemeanors or some of these, uh, these shoplifting crimes. In Chicago, they're not prosecuting some of the violent crimes. And then the worst part is that we have... Uh, the officials who are blaming it on quote unquote gun violence as if the guns you know have some sort of uh, ideology of their own and some some agency of their own and then the rhetoric around people not paying their fair share and that it's the the, the successful people's fault that you're in this the situation all they're doing is stoking the flames and drawing division and i can tell you here in chicago People are scared. I'm scared to go outside of my house. And even Lightfoot has finally come around to acknowledging that much, but refuses to do anything. Kim Fox refuses to do any prosecution. And so until that changes, nothing else is going to change. Quick break. More with uh, Carol Roth, Joe Concha on the other side. And then your call is 800-941-SEAN, our number, if you want to be a part of the program. All right, we continue. Final moments, then your call's coming up. Uh, Carol Roth, Joe Concha, uh, talking about Biden's disaster that was yesterday. All right, let me go to the cognitive issue. Uh, Joe Concha, I think you follow media enough to know that I I probably, by, oh, I might be the only one really focusing on Joe's cognitive decline, which is quite evident to everybody. 
Um, let's go to Joe Biden's nonsensical answer on COVID vaccines. That's underway, just like the other question is illogical. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you speak about it because you always, mm-hmm. I'm not being solicitous, but you, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. always straight up about what you're doing. Yeah. And mm. the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm-hmm. are. Why can't the mm-hmm. the no. the experts mm-hmm. say we mm-hmm. know that this virus is, in fact, uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, is, 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 it's going to be. Uh, or excuse me, we, we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily mm-hmm. approved, but permanently approved. Yeah. That's oh. underway, too. I expect that to yeah. occur quickly. Well, that means you mean for the FDA, for the FDA. Yeah. <laughs> can you tell me what he, can anyone interpret that speak? Because I, I, I can't understand a, a thing that he just said there. I, I watched heard, it six I times. Mad libs make more sense than that. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I think I think you might be right. You know, and I, that's uh, the guy who got 81 million votes, the most in U.S. history. And that wasn't even a coherent thought on a very easy question to answer, by the way. Right. It wasn't like he was breaking down calculus or something like that. Like a problem. This was basically about vaccines for those under 12 and under. And if he thinks it'll be approved. And my seven year old, I'm certain, can put together a better sentence than we saw from Joe Biden. So it's very fair, I think, to bring up the fact that Joe Biden isn't even the person he was five years ago when he was vice president. And again, he has the most important job in the world. Should we be concerned? Should we be asking questions? And why hasn't he released his medical records yet? Because he has yet to do so. And he hasn't gone for even a checkup since he's been president. I'm pretty sure any 78-year-old, whether you're president or you're working at the Food King, should get regular checkups to make sure you're doing okay, particularly a stressful job like that. And he refuses to do it. And no one's asking the questions as to why. And let me leave you with this, Sean. Gallup came out with a poll in terms of trust in institutions, confidence in institutions, small businesses for Carol, okay? Mm-hmm. Highest on the list, 70%. Yay. You've got to go all the way down to the bottom two. You'll never guess what those are. Television news, 16% confidence. Congress, 12% confidence. So, uh, that by the way, they weren't talking about, about me, I'm sure. Our government and our media. <laughs> uh, actually, we, we do try to... We, we got Russia right. We got Ukraine right. We got vetting Obama right. And uh, we're not wrong on Biden either. All right, uh, Carol Roth, Joe Concha, thank you both. We appreciate you being with us. 800-941-SEAN, our number. When we come back, a lot of you uh, want to weigh in. we got a lot to talk about today. Quick break, right back. Mainstream press talking about this stuff. Sean Hannity is on the radio. Nope, you won't hear from the media mob talking about this. Glad you're with us. 25 to the top of the hour. Uh, let's just go to some of the, the highlights, if we will, or lowlights of Joe's cognitive struggles just last night alone. Listen. Hey, I want to say I'm in his territory. You know, there's a Portman mm-hmm. is a good man. Portman is a is a congressman from this area. Senator. I talked to him before I got, and I really mean it. He's a decent, honorable man. So you seem pretty confident that, that inflation is temporary, but if you're pumping all of this money into the 
economy. Couldn't that add to... No, look, here's the deal. Moody's today, when our Wall Street firm, not some liberal think tank, said if we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will, in fact, reduce inflation. Reduce inflation. Reduce inflation. If it's a relic of Jim Crow, it's been used to fight against civil rights legislation historically. Why protect it? There's no reason to protect it other than you're going to throw the entire Congress into chaos and nothing will get done. Right. Nothing at all will get done. Mm. And there's a lot at stake. The most important one is the right to vote. That's the single most important one. And your vote counted and counted by someone who honestly counts it. That's underway, just like the other question that's illogical. And I've heard you speak mm-hmm. about it because you mm-hmm. always, I'm not being solicitous, but you, mm-hmm. you're always straight up about what you're doing. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, mm-hmm. are. Why can't the mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. experts say we know that mm-hmm. this virus mm-hmm. is, in fact, uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's going to be. Uh, or excuse me, we, we, we know mm. why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. Mm. That's underway, too. I expect that to occur quickly. Well, mm. that means you mean for the FDA? For the FDA. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the assist. <laughs> yeah, I need a little assist there. Uh, on top of, of course, some of the oldies but goodies, just my favorites in particular. You know, uh, I have to admit to you, I was not only surprised, but somewhat stunned, although I had met uh, Sully and his wife at an event in Los Angeles back in the, in the spring, late fall, early, I mean, late spring, late winter, early fall, early, anyway, you know what I mean. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Just a mess. I mean, it's embarrassing. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, it's not a coincidence at all that um last night and and i'm it's not me i gotta give the the people in in miami and little havana it's been their persistence that has resulted in what happened today uh not by accident the day after governor desantis and senator rubio and the mayor of miami and and Congresswoman Salazar and others, you know, all joined us uh, at the Versailles restaurant. Now Biden says he'll sanction Cuban officials and increase Internet access. Oh, you mean the things we've all been talking about for a couple of weeks now that you haven't even acknowledged because you are lying to us and telling us that what was happening with the People's Liberty and Freedom Movement down in Cuba was about COVID and lying to us as usual? It's unbelievable. Anyway, um, uh, let's see. Is it Fabiola? Miami uh, is with us. Uh, did I pronounce your name correctly? I hope I did. You did it perfectly. <laughs> Hi, Fabiola. How are you? Glad you called, ma'am. Thank you for coming yesterday. It was such an amazing experience being there with all of you guys. Um, I can't thank you enough for everything that you've been doing from the Venezuela. I'm from Venezuela, originally. So what you've been doing for the Venezuelan and the Cuban community, talking about, what's on, talking about what's going on in the border, is only you guys, the, the, the Fox people that who's doing that. And we, we really thank you for that. And my question... Let, let me, let me just give all due credit, because uh, honestly, yes. all we did was shine a light 
there was sort of a blackout of the coverage. I noticed, and I felt very strongly about this, and this is why we pulled this town hall together last night, is because I felt that the media mob was protecting Joe from having to answer the questions that we, we as Americans have got to stand in solidarity for the liberty freedom movement in Cuba. It's that simple because the people in Cuba, the, the friends and the relatives uh, and, and the neighbors of many in Miami, um, they're, they're now risking their lives and Joe is lying to us. So yes. uh, Senator Rubio has been outspoken. Governor DeSantis has been outspoken, but really what motivated me to go down more than anything was the the people in Miami, in Little Havana, that had been out there day after day and night after night. I mean, you saw the crowds last night. It was inspiring to me that so many people, you know, you made this change happen, not me. I just, all I did was, was shed a light on it. That's all I, that was my part, and I'm glad I could contribute even a little bit. As I say, I just want to be a little spoke in the wheel here. Yeah, no, and thank you for that. But let me give you a little bit of context. Me growing up, we had our international news from CNN in Espanol. And one of the contributions that I hope to see my lifetime happening is that somehow there has to be a new network that is going to be like Fox International or something like that. And I'm going to tell you why. Because nobody questions what we've been fed since we are little kids from the media. Nobody questioned, like, and, and as an example, I'm going to give you my own mother. When she came in 2018, she was visiting me, and she saw the caravan of the migrants. And I see her face, she's like, oh, poor people, they're coming, they just need help. What about her the president has? And of course, I am like a unicorn in my family, I'm the only one that's really conservative, like, that I think right. And I gave her just enough simple talking point that you can give to anybody. Like, you don't want to open your border, you don't want to sleep with the door open, blah, blah, blah. It's very, very simple argument. At the end of a two-minute conversation with my mother, she was like, why stop people coming like that without doing it the right way? It took me three minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. You know, I, I will so tell you this. Let, let, let me give you one. some hope. I mean, you're talking about an island that is stunningly, it has natural magic, God's majesty and beauty in it. And I'm talking about Cuba. If Cuba became free, I guarantee you five years from today, if it became free today, the amount of investment dollars that would go in to this, this prime real estate, and the same thing would happen in Venezuela, maybe even faster because of, of all the natural oil reserves and resources they have. But in five years, Cuba, as we know it today, would be unrecognizable. There would be, there would be resorts and hotels and expensive waterfront property being sold and jobs created everywhere for the people in Cuba. Instead of making a dollar a day, they'll be making real, real money. And so it would it would be it would be the, the biggest education for the world to see the difference between freedom and and socialism, communism, Marxism, you name it. It would it, it would flourish under freedom. And it would become a Mecca, it would become a 
you know, people from Europe, people from all over the world, people from the United States, they would vacation in Cuba because it's it's such a, a beautiful place. I mean, it's it, the, the beaches, the majesty of 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 this small island would be amazing. And that would happen and it wouldn't take much. So, you know, it would totally transform the lives of every Cuban uh, citizen and and we would have an ally in our hemisphere and a partner, a business partner. That would be amazing. This is just a start, but we need to do more. That I can tell you. Um, keep on keeping on because you're you're having an impact. The people in in Little Havana made this happen, and that's that's amazing. All right, back to our busy phones. Todd is in Florida. Apparently, lives in the villages. America's friendliest hometown, and I've been there. Really, is a cool place. What's up, Todd? Well, How are you? Ninety-eight percent Republican, highest STD rate in America. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, By the way, your neighbors are going to hear you say this. They're not going to hey, appreciate that. It's not the first time I've heard it, about. and I'm I'm not sure if it's a myth, a legend, or truth. I have no idea. But how, how my parents ended up down here, I don't know. They don't drink. They don't golf. They don't socialize. They certainly don't swing. And we're definitely not Democrats. We had a cat named Carter in 76, if that tells you anything. How they ended up down here, I don't know. I guess it's just the weather. Well, and well, the. the uh, here's what I know about the villages that I really like. They got all these golf courses and pickleball courts and tennis courts and bridge clubs and card clubs and yeah. veterans clubs and bars and restaurants and movie theaters. I mean, they got, they got it all. It's a very cool place. Um, what I do know is that when people move there, there's like there's a there's a mob of people that whose job it is to say, no, you don't get to stay home every day and and wait to die. We're going to we're going to live and we're going to live and 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 party hard and we're going to have yeah. a good you know, end of life retirement. They're called, what, they're called the red hat ladies. You don't want to serve them. Trust me. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> By the way, what is that story about the shoe color true? Or is that total BS? If you see a woman with gold shoes, they're swinging, baby. Oh man. Come on. This is all, this has to be a myth. Come on. I've been down here for eight years, taking care of mom and dad. I, I, I know the facts, Sean. I, I deal with facts only. Well, how did your way, parents get away from the red hat ladies, as you call them? Because what I understand is they don't let people stay home. They make you go out. No, no, no. My, my, my parents stay home and watch the Dodgers game uh, during baseball season. We watch the Buckeyes during football season. Uh, Dad hits hockey on, on wintertime. And uh, other than that, Mom stays home and reads books. Okay. So you, they like their privacy. They, they're a little more private than the average, pers average person down there. Hey, they, they stay up later than most folks down here. They were up till 1 in the morning watching the Dodgers game last night. No, that's true. There's the town square. Nine. I mean, you, you want to talk about early bird special and lights out at like 8.30 or 9 or 10, hopefully 10 after Hannity. But, um, no, there's very cool people down there. It's a cool place. I was listening, driving around town, and there was a woman that called in and was saying that she felt that the reason why there's a rise in COVID cases is directly correlated to the number of illegal immigrants currently coming into our country. And while, while I will not disagree with that possible option, I think there's another one to consider, and that might be the fact that we've got Republican members of Congress, such as Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is comparing uh, you know, getting a vaccine shot to uh, Holocaust in, in Nazi Germany, 
uh, which he did apologize for. All right, but I look, don't think you're you're a liberal. Here. Let me let me let me help you out with with where you're going here, okay? And I and I I I speak for Sean Hannity, okay? I don't speak for other people. That's number one. Number two, we've had a million people almost now illegally enter the country this year. We have a high rate of uh, COVID positivity. These are all facts. We have Joe's cages with kids in it that he was building out and and literally in the middle of a pandemic, kids, you know, piled on top of each other. Uh, were we testing for COVID? Very rarely, very limited. It wasn't happening. And Joe is just processing people and not enforcing the law and then and then giving free transportation to whatever state people are going to be sent to. Um, if, if you want to know where I think vaccine hesitancy has come from the most, it's come from the liberal left. You know, Joe Biden fully vaccinated with his wife, fully vaccinated, socially distant from anybody outside, wearing a mask, walking into Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter's home and then taking off the mask while they're right on top of each other so they can take pictures. Okay, now people are saying why. Now, all of a sudden, we're being told, all right, the indoor mask mandate is back. But that's not what we were told originally, Todd. We were told if you got the vaccine, you don't have to worry about what other people do. That's what we were told. Jesse Kelly Show, coming up tonight from 6 till 9. Mr. New York, Mark Simone, tomorrow at 10. 710 WOR. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. We'll all be flying higher than a jetliner. And if you want a little bang in your yin-yang, come along. Even if everyone did what they said they would do in Paris, the temperature of this planet will still rise by upwards of 2.5 or 3 degrees centigrade. Why don't Republicans want us want kids to know how to not be racist? You are why one of the reasons people can't stand the media. Sorry. <laughs> You're cracking me up. It's your fault. Freedom is back in style. Welcome. To the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. The new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news. And more bold, inspired solutions for America. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, news uh, roundup information overload hour. We'll get to your calls. Final half hour of the program today, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the the program. Um, Critical race theory, again, Democrats, they they are trying to drive this into seemingly every school in the country. And, you know, we've gone over the history of it. Um, I won't. I, I won't bore you with those details again, although we'll get some of those points out in, throughout in this interview we're about to do here. But there's a woman, I read this article, and I thought of uh, our friend Reverend CL, I call him Heavyfoot Brian because he gets pulled over by the cops a lot for speeding, and then he talks about Jesus, and he gets out, he uses Jesus to get out of tickets. I never thought of, he'd ever use Jesus, talking about Jesus to get out of tickets. Sir, are you saved? Have, uh, do you know you're going to heaven? Have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart? Are you sorry for your sins? This is what he does when he gets pulled over. He never gets a ticket. I've never heard anything like it in my life. 
Anyway, so a mom, actually a Nevada mother, talks about, well, families that are biracial, and she thought that things would be smooth sailing for her son, ended up having a, a bad experience with her child's Vegas charter school, um, and in a, in a fundraising page, you know, she claimed her son was given an assignment that required him to list race, religion, sexual orientation, disabilities, and then assign labels to them. Her son refused to. The teachers threatened to fail him. Um, and his answer was, well, I'm biracial. My mother is African-American. My father was white. And he told the, you know, the, the people in charge. Let me play it for you. I was married twice. My first husband was black. My second husband was white. So I have some kids who are three quarters black and some kids who are three quarters white. Now, all, for all intents and purposes, some of my kids look black and some of them look white. When this all happened, I'm thinking, so my white kids are oppressing my black kids? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> like, you know. All right, we welcome back to the program uh, Reverend C.L. Heavyfoot Bryant and Greg Jarrett. He has his new podcast called The Brief, uh, two New York Times number one bestsellers. Uh, welcome back. But by the way, Reverend, I just want to make sure you, you've gotten pulled over a lot in your life, right? I have done that, Sean. <laughs> and and every time you, you mention that you're a pastor, correct? I, not all the time do I mention that I'm a pastor, Sean, but most of the time. I do. Mo, mo, most of the time, it somehow it works its way into the conversation, somehow <laughs> magically works its way into the conversation. And have you or have you not had conversations and, and asked police officers that should be writing your ticket if they've been saved and if they've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into their heart? I do, Sean. I do. <laughs> and how many tickets have you ever gotten? I have not gotten a ticket, Sean. Man, but Greg, are you listening to this? Why would I need to hire you? I need to hire C.L. Bryant as my attorney. I'm going it's to great divinity to... school. That's what I'm going to do. Now. <laughs> That's where you're headed. I'm going with you. Uh, but you know, the, and and here's the best part of the story, though, is that it's real. C.L. Bryant is the real deal. Uh, anyway, great to have you back, C.L. We'll start with you. I mean, when she started talking about, well, of my. The children that are, are African American and the children are white. Are they saying that about their brothers and sisters? I mean, I just, I, part of me was kind of laughing, but it's not funny. And it's true, Sean, because as you know, you met my wife before she passed on a couple of years ago, uh, that I'm an interracial marriage over 40 years. And that same dilemma, of course, uh, would exist with me today. My children are grown, but I thank God that America is a place that it doesn't matter who your mother and father was. It, it, it matters who we came to be at this point in time in this more perfect union that uh, our founders uh, put in the preamble of our Constitution. That's why the country was formed, in order to form a more perfect union. And we weren't supposed to be judged uh, on that. But the, the character of what God had given to us in our creating, we are endowed with it, uh, with those unalienable rights. And that's all we want. Critical race theory is a cancer. It's a poison upon who we are as Americans. And the socialist idea behind it could not exist without the free market system where all of us, red, yellow, black, and white, can uh, benefit from in this entrepreneurial uh, experience that we have here in America. And let me say this, Sean, I'm really glad to be on with you. And uh, I just, Greg Jarrett, I haven't had a chance to talk to you, but it's great to be on with you. 
I really do admire your work. Greg, you Thank wrote you. in in your latest column um, about a video series uh, by one of our nation's biggest newspapers that I have zero respect for. They ran an online video series where the guests were urged urged white people to experience quote a period of deep shame and join white accountability groups. Um, and it got worse from there. Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Washington Post is trying to be the wokest of the woke. And, and frankly, as I write uh, and say in my podcast, they're winning. Uh, they're winning big time because the, they are among the biggest advocates of this Marxist orthodoxy known as critical race theory. It defines America as, as irredeemably bigoted. It denounces all whites as racial oppressors, diminishes all blacks as racially oppressed victims. So why are they doing this? Well, they hate America, first of all, and they want to radically change the country. And to do that, they have to convince people that that our institutions are so fundamentally bad and systemically flawed and based on uh, racism that, we, you know, they're not worth saving. They have to be changed and they want a revolution. And, and so that's what's going on here. But as I pointed out on the podcast, the, the really good news is that people are beginning to fight back. 25 states have crafted legislation that prohibits the teaching of critical race theory. Uh, eight states have already banned or limited it inside the classrooms. So the momentum is, is beginning to shift. There's anger over this. Uh, recently, the Department of Education uh, under Joe Biden backed off their advocacy of the abolitionist teaching network. They were promoting it. And now the Department of Education says, oh, that was an error, sorry, mistake, we're not going to promote abolitionist teaching network anymore. So, you know, some success is is being made, but we have a long way to go. You know, CL, you, you mentioned uh, your, your wife, who's, who I'm sure is waiting for you in paradise, and, and you will see her again. I really believe that. Um and you mentioned your children, and you mentioned what you married 40 years ago. It was a little bit of a different time then. If anything, it was more difficult, I, w I would argue, uh, than it is now. Are there racists in America today? Yeah, there are. There are, there are ignorant, racist, bigoted, hateful people. Is it the majority of the American people? Not only is it not the majority, you know, I, I'd argue that the 98% of Americans find such people repugnant and ignorant and want nothing to do with them. Absolutely, that is true, Sean. And I have found that uh, Jane and I lived across the country, coast to coast, border to border, travel the world. But here in America, let me say this to you, especially to our... Full disclosure, I am a black conservative in this country, former president of NAACP. To, uh, fully you forgot to say, I am a handsome, really good-looking and smart and intelligent... <laughs> Uh, African-American, and I'm also a pastor with a heavy foot. Go ahead. And, Sean, what I would say to our Caucasian audience is this. How are you going to stand by and allow the birthright that was given to us by, yes, those old white men with European names like Hamilton and Washington and Jefferson and, 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 and those types of Alexander, those types of names, Hancock. How is it that you're going to stand by? 
and let the birthright that they have given to all of us at this point in time be erased. Why are you running away from uh, the people who founded the greatest nation on the face of the planet that all of us can enjoy? That's a good thing. America's a good thing. Sure, we started off with a lead foot on our on, on our on our foot, a lead shoe on our foot. But the fact of the matter is, we have run a long way in this race. And we are not back in the 1800s. We're not in the early 1900s. We're not in the early 2000s. This is a a, a travesty that is going on in this country, and they're enslaving the minds of not only young black children. And let me say this to the black parents. How is it that you're going to let your children be told by these government institutions? And that's what a schoolhouse is. It's a government building that you send your children to every day. How are you going to let them fill their heads with the ideas that because they have a slave history in this country, somehow they're less than? I'm here to debunk that lie. It is, a, it is a, from the pit of hell, I'm telling you, Sean. And we should push back against it and stand up. And the little white kids are being enslaved just as well because they are being told that they are evil because they have European ancestors. It's a debacle that we must, must not allow to progress any further in this nation of ours. Quick break. More with Reverend C.L. Bryan and Greg Jarrett and your calls. Broadcasting coast to coast, border to border, and all over America. This is the Sean Hannity Show on 710 WOR. All right, as we continue, the Reverend C.L. Heavyfoot, Brian, and Greg Jarrett are with us. You know, Greg, I'm, I'm listening to, to Reverend C.L. Bryant, and, and he's he's lived out this very unique circumstance. Um, you know, okay, nobody, nobody would ever argue. There's not a perfect country on the face of the earth. The reason I often quote Barry Farber, because I don't think I can say it any better. I can't figure out a way to say it any better, that in the, the history of mankind, there's never been a a country like ours that has accumulated more power and abused it less than the united states of america and i add also has used it to advance the human condition and the beauty as reverend ciel was saying of our founders and framers is that they created a system where we get to right wrongs and correct injustices and we have we've made great progress do we have a ways to go of course we do um, so, I mean, that that is the beauty, and now this goes to your legal mind, of, of this found, th- this great democratic republic we have in our constitutional republic. Yeah, what made America great were, were things like freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of action. But critical race theory wants to get rid of all of that with this artificial construct that stigmatizes and disgraces people based solely on the color of their skin. It it is actually uh, racism masquerading as anti-racism. It's prejudice masquerading as anti-prejudice. Proponents of critical race theory pretend to be fighting racism, but they're really substituting an equally insidious form of race. 
when when Dr. King, uh, who was one of the greatest Americans who ever lived, uh, said so famously that one day he hoped that people will not be judged by the color of their skin, the critical race theory advocates want to do you know, just the opposite. They they want to prejudge people based on the color of their skin, and that is to gin up racist resentment, condemnation, and hatred. Uh, forget about your character. Forget about your ideas, your your brain, your intelligence, uh, your hard work. No, everything comes down to be judged through the uh, the myopic lens of racism. And that's wrong. Anybody with a brain knows that's wrong. You know, CL, if in my house, my parents were both Catholic and 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 devout. And uh, let me tell you one thing that would never have been tolerated in my house is that is any racism, any. I mean, when I cursed, I got, you know, my mouth washed out with soap until they couldn't catch me anymore. And I'd just run away. But uh, in all seriousness, I mean, that that would that would have ended with the belt off my father. And and we don't talk like that in this family, in this house, in my house. You know, it just it, it was non-existent and a real belief that we're all children of the same God regardless of race. And the opportunities that come to us are because of that God that has created us individually. What this critical race... I think God created you better than most, though. I think, because that, that is the most clever way to get out of a ticket I've ever heard. I mean, you, you just have a special gift. Bless your heart, John. You, John, you know I love you, man. You, you, <laughs> you know I'm never giving this up. I am never letting no, this go. Not. You're not. I can tell. But, but this <laughs> is the thing. Uh, with, with all of us, we have the opportunity. But this Chris, critical race theory would have us all walking the same way, talking the same way, and thinking. Above all, Sean, they want us to think the same way. This is what they did to black folks back when Lyndon Johnson, my movie, Runaway Slave, dealt with this. Lyndon Johnson prepared the way for uh, the NAACP, the, the Jesse Jacksons, you name them, to create a hustle that would round up black folks and corral them for over 60 years now. And this is the uh, evil that has fallen upon us is that they are taking away the individual, the individual from the citizen who is an American. An American is an individual. He, he doesn't think the same way. He doesn't walk. That's what makes our country so unique that even you may be the same color, but each one of us have our own different purpose. And all of us are a purpose with a name uh, here in this. I got to run CL, but uh, I will tell you, your message is powerful. Greg is same thing. Thank you both. Um, thank God. Most people do have good hearts. Uh, thank you both for being with us. 800-941. Sean, your calls are next. Buck. Jesse Kelly, next from 6 till 9 on 710 WOR. When news breaks, you get the inside story that no one else has. And the behind-the-scenes chatter that the mainstream media doesn't even know about. This is the Sean Hannity Show. 
All right, 25 till the top of the hour. I need to, I finally need to address this. I mean, it's the oddest thing. I mean, me and my team have been laughing about it. For some reason, me saying take COVID seriously um, has finally caught up with the mob in the, in the, in the media. Now, I, I think they've got ulterior motives. They, they monitor the show and, and TV every night. Um, and I think it has to do with the fact that they, you know, there's been this attempt to blame conservatives for the vaccine hesitancy. And, you know, for example, Yahoo News, suddenly Sean Hannity and other Fox hosts are urging their viewers to get COVID-19 vaccines. Suddenly. Um, well, first of all, I'm not urging people to get the COVID-19 vaccine because I'm not a doctor. That is not what I said. I said to take it seriously. It can kill you. I said to do a lot of research. If you have a phone, do your research. I said to consult your doctor and doctors and medical professionals you trust. I said to consider your unique medical history that I I know nothing about. I said to also look at your current medical condition and in consultation with your doctors, take don't don't not do this. Do the research, you know, look into the Pfizer Moderna mRNA vaccine versus the more traditional way of making a vaccine, which is Johnson and Johnson. You know, Biden's suggesting that, uh, you know, people like me had an, an alter call on vaccines. No, I haven't. I've said all along. I, I said back in January of 2020 that it's going to be medical researchers and our great medical professionals that get us out of this mess and will save the world. I said that in January 2020. I said it often. I mean, I, we have the tapes. I can go back and pull them all. And, you know, after Yahoo News again, after Hannity's viral plea to take COVID seriously, you know, then they go on to use me to attack other hosts on Fox. I'm like, because they might have a different point of view. That's it, it's total BS. You know, Sean Hannity basically begs his viewers to get vaccinated. No, I didn't. I'm begging everybody, don't mess around with this thing. Take it seriously. Just like pretty early on, I, I said, I'm, I'm going to wear the mask. The mask doesn't bother me. I want to go back to ball games. I want this thing to go away. It's only going to be temporary. I said that at the time. And, you know, do you want to know the flip and floppers and, and like Fauci? I mean, people that got wrong on everything. It would be wrong of me not knowing your medical condition to tell you what to do. It's not right. And I've asked many doctors on radio and TV, am I giving the right message to my audience? Because I I want everyone in this audience to be healthy. Uh, I have seen people go through hell with this virus. I have seen people, you know, literally walk right up to death's door with this virus. You know, if it gets a hold of you, it's not good. Now, we do have therapeutics. I mean, they could be saying, wow, studies show that people like Hannity were right on hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and therapeutics like Regeneron. But I, we're never going to hear that either. Don't expect to, to hear those those headlines. Hannity's pro-vaccine speech is welcome, but he's not the Fox News voice. I'm like, OK, um, I've said all, Linda, have I ever said I'm anti-science or I always say I'm pro-science? Absolutely I'm pro not. You've never said it, not science. even once, not even but, once. I, I like a hundred times. I mean, it's, this is the most bizarre moment. The views, what's her name? Sonny, is it Houston? 
I don't know how yeah. to pronounce the last name. Okay. Calls Hannity's vaccination endorsement too little too late. Sonny, I hate to, to burst your bubble, but you, you haven't listened to anything that I've said. It's obvious because your statement is just dead on wrong. I mean, I don't even know what to tell you. Um, I, I am encouraging people to really, really do the right thing for them because I don't know. And yes, enough people have died. And yeah, I want you to take it seriously. No, I don't apologize. Uh, and I was being pressured heavily early on to tell people what to do. I'm not qualified to tell you what to do. I'm not. I bring on doctors and experts, some of wh whom I agree with and disagree with, so you can have more information at your disposal. Um, Hannity's pro-vaccine speech is welcome, but you know, I mean, what, what? why are they saying something I didn't say? I said... I believe in the science. I believe in the science of vaccinations. And then I said, but I can't make these decisions for anybody. You know, we, I, you know, Hannity urges viewers, get COVID vaccine. I never said that. I said, if it's right for you after, after you do all of your research, after you talk to your doctor, doctors, medical professionals you trust, I said, after you really need to take it seriously, and then make the decision that is best for you. So these headlines are wrong. You know, um, make no mistake, vaccine misinformation is still thriving. On I mean, I don't even know what these people are talking about. What about that girl that I had on TV earlier this week that has a unique medical condition where she got a vaccine in 2019 and she was paralyzed for a month. And she, her dream was to go to, to Brigham Young in Hawaii. And she got in. And she she applied for a medical exemption based on this condition she has. It's a rare condition. They denied it, and her dream school just went away. And by the way, that was not BYU that made that mandate. That was Hawaii's mandate. You know, so, you know, and by the way, whatever happened, what what's wrong with Wayne Dupree? Oh, Wayne Dupree was a friend of ours, Linda, right? Yeah, he, he, he started out as a caller on the show. Sean Hannity is skating on very thin ice with his supporters. Did he finally cross the line? And he does this whole bit, and then I'm reading it, and uh, and sweet baby James prints this out, and he goes, you need to see this because you know Wayne Dupree. We, we always like Wayne Dupree. We never had a problem with Wayne Dupree. Um, is a good guy. But then he's saying he's very passionate about people taking the vaccine, and he's pushing it a lot on his show. Hey, Wayne. If you're going to say something about me, get it right. I said, let me let me say it slowly so everybody hears me. This thing has killed enough people. Take it seriously. Everybody knows about masks and social distancing and that there are three vaccines available. Everybody knows. I can't make the decision for you. But actually, Sean, let's do one better. Let, let's play what we have. I think it deserves to be played at this point. By the way, was I dedicated to our old friend, apparently, Wayne Dupree, who I always liked? Well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say maybe he didn't hear it. So, Wayne, we hope you're listening and maybe you understand what's really going on here. And stop, you know, listening to fake news. It seems mm. like something changed mm -hmm. because Sean Hannity, um, basically, it sounded like endorsed getting the vaccine. Fox News host Sean Hannity told viewers on his show last night to take the coronavirus seriously. July 2021, right on time. You would think that the one thing we might all want to get along on is fighting and combating a virus that can make our fellow Americans sick. Because I don't think, I don't think the viruses discriminate 
uh, in terms of what your political orientation is. Sean Hannity now urging people to get the vaccines. I do not support mandatory vaccinations. I don't. If doctors and scientists say it's safe, well, my personal inclination will be to take it after I read the studies, consult with my own personal doctors, make my own informed decision. I watched that Hannity clip several times trying to see if it was a deep fake, trying to see if somebody had kidnapped him. I'm not in any way. Let me be very clear. I am not at all anti-science. I love science. I'm not anti-vaccine at all. I'm actually grateful that scientists, medical experts, were able to develop one in record time. But I'm not a doctor either, and I'm not going to play one on TV and tell you what you should do. Let me ask you about this switch a little bit at Fox News, where you have Sean Hannity and Steve Ducey kind of changing their tune. Do you detect just a slight that they might be back on their heels a little bit because you can't keep lying about everything. I'm not a doctor, and I refuse to play one on radio or TV no matter how many times people demand that I tell people whose medical conditions I know nothing about what to do. I've been urging everyone to take it seriously. Do your research. Ask your doctor or doctors who know your special, unique medical condition. And then make the right decision to protect yourself, protect your loved ones, and protect innocent people you may be in contact with. So we've been saying this for months and months. I, you saw the other night when we had Dr. Nicole Sapphire, our Fox News medical aid team, on the show, Linda. And she's been on radio and TV with us regularly all throughout the pandemic. And she's she's reading these headlines. I said, um, Dr. Nicole, how many times have I asked you if what I'm saying to my audience is the right advice? She started laughing. Oh, the last, you know, eight months or whatever she said. She says, you've been at, you've asked me that very question using that very verbiage, you know, a lot because I know people list, you know, watch and listen in and out. Sometimes people have conflicts. I really do prefer three hours a day, every day, and one hour at night. But that's a side, that's a side note. But she started laughing because it's not news. And the way they've distorted it is ridiculous, too. I'm not creating vaccine hesitancy. I am telling people that you've got to look at your unique medical condition. There are people with compromised immune systems that these are very these can be very complicated cases. There are people with comorbidities that I don't know anything about pre-existing conditions. I don't know anything about them. You know, this 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 group think blue checkmark pressure of the media mob um, to to force people and shame them into what we they demand we tell our audiences i think we have handled it all extraordinarily responsible now let's say for example we now know from the cleveland clinic study that that if you had covid and you know in the beginning usually for the first three months it could have lasted as long as six months or nine months you have antibodies that'll show up in your blood but then they begin to decline and eventually they usually you can't discern them in the in the bloodstream. They they seem like they've disappeared. They haven't fully disappeared. We've gone over this with many doctors because we have what's called T cell antibodies. Well, now, what are T cell antibodies? I'm giving you a layman's definition here. I'm not a doctor. And basically, if you are if you had covid, if you had coronavirus, and you recovered, even though your antibody levels went down, 
you still have memory within your cells, God's beautiful creation, the human body, right? That would recognize the coronavirus that your body once fought off and they would be activated. That's what Rand Paul was saying. And the Cleveland Clinic backed him up. The science. We're following the science. We keep hearing the mantra, follow the science. All right, we followed the science. So uh, Rand Paul was right. And I, now what if I had, Linda, let's, let's play a hypothetical game here. What if somebody had been calling this program and I'd given in to the pressure of the mob and the blue checkmark cult on Twitter, and I started doing what they were demanding that I do, tell my audience what to do. I, I, I don't feel comfortable telling my audience what to do. I believe in freedom. Sorry, maybe it's an alien concept to them. It's not to me. Um, what if I told people, guy calls in, says, Hannity, I, I had COVID, but should I get the vaccine? I had it six months ago. And I said, yeah, you, you, you absolutely need to get it. You must get it. You know, everybody needs to get the jab. And then the Cleveland Clinic study comes out. How do you think I feel today? Pretty horrible. Pretty horrible. Because we don't know. Now, what if, what if, you know, we're seeing the Delta variant, the Lambda variant, the first cases now arriving in the U.S. with that variant. We don't know how that's going to work out. It seems with Delta, there was a great piece in the New York Post yesterday. It is, it is more infectious uh, but not any more lethal. Uh, there are conflicting reports on the efficacy of the of the vaccines on the Delta variant. And so, you know, I, I what happens? Is it going to be the booster shot? Is it going to be this? I don't know. But I don't think they knew either. I'm just the one that's been honest to tell you that there's a lot we don't know. But I do stand by. I will not apologize for telling my audience after what I've seen up close in my own life with people that I love and care about and their family members to take it seriously. Is that a good statement, Linda? I've been consistent the whole time. Absolutely. More than fair. Unbelievable. I have to deal with this crap. I mean, they just lie, you know, or use me as a, a means to, you know, pummel other people because they don't like them for the moment. You know, they kind of switch back and forth. Wayne Dupree, I'll accept your apology. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Sean Hannity. Defending freedom. Providing clarity. And calling out the left. Now more than ever, we need Hannity. On 710 WOR. Mr. New York, Mark Simone. Tomorrow from 10 till noon on 710 WOR. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. All right, full coverage tonight. We will do it the mob in the media. The blue media mob checkmark cult on Twitter won't do, and that is... Yeah, we're going to point out all of Joe's lies, his incredible uh, cognitive weaknesses, and much, much more. Uh, Ronnie Jackson will join us, Congressman Dr. Nicole Sapphire, Stephen Miller, John Solomon has breaking news tonight, the great one Mark Levin, Dana Lash, Miranda Devine, much more, 9 Eastern, Hannity Fox. We'll see you then, back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us. You make this show possible. <laughs> 